Hello and welcome to the Zurich Life podcast. My name is Jacqueline and I'm joined today by our Head of Investment Solutions at Zurich, Ian Slattery. This investment podcast does not constitute an offer and should not be taken as a recommendation from Zurich Life. Advice should always be sought from an appropriately qualified professional. Today we're going to speak about market events over the month of August 2022, how this has affected different asset classes and what this might mean for investors. We will also talk about Zurich Investments outlook in the short term and our recent positioning in relation to the Zurich funds. This month we will also take a closer look at inflation and the real life effects it can have for consumers and investors. Good morning, Ian. Good morning, Jacqueline. In August, we saw the monetary policy backdrop develop further, as well as some other market events that were key in determining fund returns over the month. Can you talk us through these developments and the effect those events have had on markets and on the different asset classes within the market? Yes, of course. So both stocks and corporate bonds have enjoyed a a relatively strong rally throughout the summer months with, as we spoke last month, July was very strong and and August kicked off uh, very positively as well. However, there's a bit of a turning point in and around the middle of the month where, where kind of stock sentiment uh, or sentiment towards stocks uh, shifted to the downside. The, I suppose the pivot or, or the turning point there was some of the comments at the Jackson Hole Symposium. So this is a, a meeting where all the, the global central bankers kind of get together and give various speeches. So the Fed chair, Jay Powell, spoke at that event and was seen as being more hawkish uh, as opposed to dovish. And what that means is we might see tighter monetary policy or, or faster interest rate rises than people had expected in the past. It was probably uh, equities had got a little bit sanguine, perhaps, in relation to uh, the course of interest rates. And they were kind of stopped in their tracks by some of the the comments by Fed Chair Powell at the Jackson Hole Symposium. Therefore, for the rest of the month, equities did slip and finished uh, the month in negative territory. The comments in and around the potential for tighter monetary policy also affected uh, government bonds. So we saw US Treasury yields rise, which meant bond prices were lower uh, across the month. And that was also replicated to an even tighter extent in the Eurozone, where we saw bond yields really pop out, as we expect to see the the ECB raise rates uh, by 0.75% at its uh, September meeting. You mentioned inflation in in your opening remarks, and we saw inflation uh, continue to be at elevated levels across the developed world, for example, in the US. Uh, still at over 8%, the Eurozone an all-time high at 9%, and the UK even higher in excess of 10%. We expect inflation potentially in the UK to continue to rise uh, across the winter months, less clear in the Eurozone and and the US as the effects of the tighter monetary policy and, of course, the energy price rises we've seen in Europe continue to be key inputs into those inflation rates. So overall, a positive first half of the month, but unfortunately that did fade as we as August drew to a close with the major asset classes of both equities and government bonds in negative territory for August. Following the rebound we saw in July, we saw volatility return and equities in particular experienced a negative month in August. Can you give us some insight into this and talk a little bit about this asset class in particular from a geographic region and sector perspective? Yes, well, if we turn to the geographical regions first, Asia-Pacific, excluding Japan, was the only one of the major regions in positive territory for the month of August, up just over 1% in euro terms. However, if we look at the other major developed markets, including the likes of Japan, the Eurozone and the US, all in negative territory for the month, with the Eurozone, the the laggard, down over 5% uh, across the month of August. If we look year to date, the UK is the only of the major regions up 
uh, in positive territory, up just short of 1%, given its more defensive sectoral makeup, while the likes of the US is down over 6% in euro terms, whilst the eurozone itself is down over 16% in euro terms, as it has been most negatively affected by the situation in Ukraine in terms of the Russian invasion and the ongoing crisis uh, in relation to energy supplies. When we look at sectors, I suppose energy in terms of that crisis has been a positive effect for energy stocks and given the, the large rises in oil and gas year to date. And energy is the only uh, sector in positive territory for the year to date, with the other 10 sectors ranging from about minus four and a half percent for utilities to down over 30 percent for communication services, with a spread of over 60 percent between the, the best and the worst performing sectors on a stock market basis. So again, as we mentioned already, a negative uh, month for equities overall across August, but there were some bright spots at a sector level in relation to energy and at a geographical uh, level in relation to Asia Pacific. Moving to bonds as an asset class now, can you explain how bonds have performed in the month of August? Yeah, so we did see bond yields rise, which means that prices fell across the month of August, and that's very much a reaction to the potential for higher interest rates across the developed world. We expect to see the Federal Reserve raise rates by potentially 0.75% at its September meeting, and the ECB, the European Central Bank, expected to raise rates by either 0.5%, half percent, or 0.75%. What this meant is that we saw the Eurozone over five-year government bond index down 5.2% for the month of August, and is now down over 18% year-to-date, which represents the largest falls we've seen in Eurozone bonds since the inception of the Euro in 1999. In relation to yields, the US 10-year yield finished the month at 3.19%, and the German equivalent, the 10-year bond, uh, finished at 1.54% in relation to its yield. In relation to the ECB, finally, whilst we do mention that we expect to see an interest rate rise at its September meeting, it is in a little bit more of a tricky situation than other central banks, given we do have energy crisis fueling inflation in the Eurozone, but it is also stymieing economic growth. So the path policy for the ECB, they're trying to walk quite, quite a tight tightrope for the rest of the year in relation to interest rate rises. Can you talk to us a little bit about how commodities and currencies have performed over the month of August? Thus, commodities have continued to be a key theme for, for markets uh, in 2022, and that was no different in August. We do expect to see commodities uh, perform better in an inflationary environment. So we have seen, I suppose, when we look at the year-to-date figures, oil, the price of oil in terms of West Texas Intermediate, or WTI, is up over 50% year-to-date while the likes of gold and soft commodities are also clearly in positive territory. For the month of August, uh, the oil price actually fell by over 5% in euro terms, as did the concept of slowing economic growth uh, hit economic activity, and therefore the inputs to such activities such as oil uh, and copper fell um, across the month. In relation to currencies, the Euro-US dollar rate uh, was at parity at the end of the month, so it has oscillated around the one-to-one -one rate um, for much of August and continues that into early September, whilst at the end of August, the Euro bought you 86 pence sterling. In relation to sterling, it has weakened significantly in recent days following the appointment of Liz Trust as the latest Prime Minister, uh, particularly against the US dollar, where the sterling has hit its lowest level since the mid-1980s. Have Zurich Investments made any significant changes to their asset allocation positions and on a geographical and sector basis? 
Yes, yeah, since we last spoke, we have implemented a modest uh, reduction in uh, the equity content across our multi-asset funds. So we implemented that in and around the 8th and 9th of August, so just a week before the, the high for equities in, in, in the short term. So I suppose that move downwards in equity content has insulated us by from some of the losses we've seen since roughly the, the 16th of August through to the first week of September. However, we do uh, remain in, above the midpoint of equity ranges across our key multi-asset funds. And I suppose our, when we look at relative valuations in, in relation to some of the things that are affecting bond prices, we do still continue to favour equities. In relation to geographical position, not too much uh, change. We do still uh, remain underweight the US or the North American market, which also includes Canada, which leads us to be overweight some of the other key regions, which includes Japan, Asia Pacific, excluding Japan and the Eurozone. In terms of our equity uh, sectoral bets, we are more neutrally positioned than we have been in the past. And I know we've, we've discussed this previously and that, that continues to be the, the outlook for, for Zurich. We do believe that we are at a key inflection point for markets and, and kind of keeping a close eye on, on developments and an open mind in relation to our next asset allocation move. I suppose by virtue of being uh, more positive in equities, that does correlate into a more negative positioning for, for fixed income, including both uh, government and corporate bonds. We do believe that inflation is still at an elevated level. There's still quite a gap between the current uh, level of interest rates and the current level of inflation. I suppose closing that gap is, is probably going to lead to, to the potential for further losses in government bonds, particularly those at the, of longer maturity that are more sensitive to interest rate expectations and changes in those expectations. So in summary, we do maintain our, our overweight position in equities versus other asset classes. And in terms of our holdings within fixed income, it continues to be under under the under the midpoint of ranges and at the shorter end of duration. Inflation is a feature of the economic cycle, but what does it mean for you? Today we're going to talk about how inflation can impact your savings and what actions you can take to help protect your savings against inflation. Firstly, what is inflation and when does it occur? So inflation in, in a nutshell, I suppose, is, is rising prices. So um, something that you're buying, your basket of goods as a household or as an individual is costing you more today than it has been a year ago. Okay, So as we have seen inflation return uh, with a vengeance uh, across the developed market, and that also affects us here in the Eurozone and, and here in Ireland. So you're seeing price rises, so that can be led by increased demand from people. Uh, so there's there's more demand for, for a limited supply of goods. Or what we've seen so far uh, since the 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 onset of COVID is, is supply push inflation. What that means is the inputs into all the things that we consume have got more expensive. So think of raw materials, think of plastics, think of, of things like oil, et cetera. So therefore those prices get pushed on to consumers. And what that means is we see year on year, we see price increases, we see higher prices and our earnings or our disposable income get us less when we go to the shops, when we go on holidays, et cetera, than they did a year ago. How can inflation affect your financial situation as a whole? Well, I think it's really, really important. It's a really, really important question to try and answer. So essentially what that means is you have reduced purchasing power. So as per my, my last comment, it means the money in your pocket today buys you less than it did a year ago. So in terms of your 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 financial situation, you see the, the purchasing power of, of deposits gets eroded. So if your money on deposit is earning 0% or 1% and inflation is running higher at, say, 5%, that means your real return is negative territory. So if you hold money in lower risk assets in terms of, of having money on deposit into the long term, it's going to reduce your, your ability to, to live 
to live the life and, and to maintain the lifestyle that you're used to. What type of effects can be seen as caused by inflation across different asset classes such as cash, bonds and equities? Yes, yeah, so if we, if we take the individual asset classes, and this is a little bit of theory here, it doesn't always play out exactly like this, but as I've just mentioned there, we do see the purchasing power of cash is eroded by inflation. Your, your return on cash doesn't keep pace with inflation, uh, which means that your real return is negative. In relation to bonds, uh, bonds don't react well to higher interest rates. So one of the effects of inflation usually leads to higher interest rates as central banks try and get hold of inflation. And as interest rates get higher, bond prices go lower. So again, both cash and bonds are negatively affected by inflation. When we look at the likes of property and uh, commodities, they tend to be good hedges against inflation. So property prices and the likes of commodities such as oil and gold tend to rise in inflationary environments. So they can be a good place to invest at times in inflationary environments. I suppose the big one is the last one, uh, which is equities. So the let's say the, the academic research or the in relation to equities and inflation can be a little bit mixed and it, I suppose the jury's still out, but there are levels of inflation where equities can perform quite well uh, if it is, I suppose, more of a stable, stable level. So economic theory and I suppose history does tell us that there are certain asset classes that will perform better in a steady inflationary environment and they would be equities in some cases, the likes of property and commodities, whilst the likes of cash and bonds would tend to be more negatively affected by the, the impact of inflation. Are there any ways in which you can counter inflation? Yes, I think this might be a little bit counterintuitive for some people, but you need to make sure you're taking sufficient level of risk for what your financial plan is. And what I mean by that is if you're looking to retire into the long term and you have a 10 year plus uh, time horizon, for example, you need to make sure that the risk level that you are at is you're comfortable that it's going to A, Give you the sort of funds that you need when you retire and b the real return of those funds is going to keep up and hopefully surpass inflation as well so i do think it's a really really important thing if you are worried about inflation if you have money on deposit or you're worried about the risk level you just pick up the phone or get in touch with your financial advisor because it is a great time to take a look at some of these things and we haven't seen inflation over the last 10, 15 years in, in Ireland, uh, like we're seeing now, we've had a relatively benign inflationary environment for much of the last decade with, with inflation oscillating around uh, 0%. So it is time now to, to potentially take a look at that and uh, make sure that you have the right plan in place to, to counteract the, the effects of inflation on your, your pensions and your savings. Do you have any final words on inflation for savers and investors? Yes, I think in summary, uh, we are in an inflationary environment, one that we haven't seen in, in the recent past in Ireland. I think it's something that people need to acknowledge. Uh, people need to make sure that they're on track with their, their pensions and their savings plans. And I suppose the first step in that is getting in touch with your financial advisor and discussing inflation and how it might impact your financial plan. That brings us to the end of this podcast episode. Thank you, Ian, for joining me today and for this investment market update and for going through Zurich Investments' current positioning and inflation. Also, thank you to our listeners. As always, for more information on our fund range and to catch up on our latest investment news, visit Zurich.ie. Past performance is not a reliable guide to future performance. Benefits may be affected by changes in currency exchange rates. The value of your investment may go down as well as up. If you invest in these funds, you may lose some or all of the money you invest. Zurich Life Assurance PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland.